Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. The world needs confident, inclusive leaders who embrace diversity to rise up. The time is now. Join us. Welcome to episode five, Find Your Purpose. Welcome, welcome everyone. Well, Liv, this this episode, I want to start talking about a really interesting story, current event. Have you heard about Ava Murto? She's a 16-year-old from, the, from a small village in southern Finland who actually took over and served as prime minister for the day. I think that's an incredible story. And it was part of the Girls Takeover program um, through the UN International Day of the Girls Celebration. That, yeah. So the million-dollar question, Olivia, is what would you do if you were president for the day? That's honestly such a good question, and I feel like I would try to do too much, but I'd start by making sure that when we say we the people in the Constitution, we mean all people and that all people are equal. Absolutely. And I'm excited for this week's guest because she is definitely someone who fights for equality. You want to do the honors? Of course. I'm so excited, too. Abigail Opewulu is a leading human rights advocate in Nigeria who's passionate about gender equality, inclusion, and equity. Through the work she carries out in rural communities, villages, slums, clans, and hard-to-reach regions across Nigeria, she's aggressively bridging the gender gap in girls' education. Her work has been featured in several international websites, podcasts, and blogs such as the Better Tomorrow Movement, Human Rights Fellowship Podcast, SayItForward.org, and many more. She's a 2019 Young African Changemaker Fellow, Teaching Human Rights Fellow, Young African Changemaker Fellow, a 2020 Commonwealth 100 Fellow, British Council Policy Change Fellow, and a winner of the Girl Rising Storytelling Competition. Wow. Wow. Welcome to Confident, Abigail. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. And thank you, Sherry. I'm so excited to be here. And congratulations yeah. for winning the Girl Rising Storytelling Challenge. This is actually a perfect follow-up podcast because our last episode, uh, we interviewed Christina Lowry, who, of course, is the founder and executive director of Girl Rising. So congratulations to you on winning that contest. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And so we're so honored. We're so honored to be interviewing you. Um, yeah. Can we just start and have you talk about what what it was like to grow up in Nigeria? Ah, oh, thank you so much. Well, um, growing up as a girl in Nigeria is such a big challenge, such a huge task because you get to face a lot of um, challenges, such traditions, barbaric traditions that don't support girls' rights, girls' education, and such harmful cultural practices uh, have been in existence over the years, over decades, and it's normal in communities. So as a girl growing up in Nigeria, you have to struggle your way to be successful, to go to school, to earn a living, to be responsible, because there are so many, there are so many challenges you face from family, from communities, from society. And when you try to beat against these odds, 
you are termed as aggressive, you are termed as rude, you are termed as impolite, you know, girls are supposed to like listen all the time and not talk. They don't have the right to express themselves. They don't have the right to make their own decisions. They don't have freedom to choose what they want or say what they want for themselves. So it's like you are living in the 21st century yet you are you are treated like a like a slave. So I term it modern modern day slaves. So it's really difficult growing as a girl in Nigeria. There are so many challenges, so many harmful cultural practices. But if you are determined, you can beat against these odds and these norms. Incredible. Yeah. And speaking on that, you founded Young Pearl in 2012. So what was the inspiration for that? Yeah, um, actually, what inspired me to establish Young Pearl was I saw the many challenges that girls and women in rural areas, grassroots women face. I grew up in a community and in a family that never uh, realized girls had rights or girls should, should express themselves. Like they were shot out of society, they were shot out of community development. And I saw these many challenges they faced every day to succeed, to survive the struggles and, you know, a lot of norms. For example, a girl is not supposed to go to school because after all, she's going to end up in a man's kitchen or in a man's house giving birth or women shouldn't walk because when they start walking, they won't be um, responsible. They won't obey their husbands or families, you know, such laws, such norms. I'm like, what? <laughs> if a man can walk, why should a woman not walk? Or if a boy can go to school, why should a girl not go to school? I mean, women and girls' rights are also human rights, and they should be recognized. They should be in, in, involved in the constitution. So I was really inspired by these many challenges, and I had my own fair share of the harsh realities of these norms. I really never had a smooth educational journey. So I saw this, and I'm like, no, I need to change the narrative. I need to change this this custom, I need to change this tradition. And I had to establish Young Pell in 2012. And I used it to cause a revolution in my, in my community. I used it to cause a revolution in my family. I spoke up for girls' educational rights. I spoke up for women and economic empowerment and their involvement in community development and local leadership. I mean, I believe that when women and girls are empowered, they can actually tackle issues that concern them, that concerns their family, and that concerns community and society as a whole. So I was really inspired by these many challenges, apart from the fact that I experienced my own fair share of them. I saw many girls like me and many women like may go into a depression because they can't fulfill their potentials. They had dreams. When I talk to them, I, I, I hear that I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, but they can't actually fulfill these potentials because they are held back by these norms and this barbaric tradition. So I'm like, no, we need to change this narrative. Let us show the world that when women are empowered, they can also cause and create positive change. And that was the inspiration that led me to establish Young Pill in 2012 and it's been a smooth journey That's so amazing. so my hope is that every person that listens to this interview every young person in america because hearing your story i hope now they think every morning when they wake up they think i get to go to school how lucky am i and yeah. also that they continue to fight for furthering equality for themselves because there are inequalities in the u.s across the globe mm. 
You were a fierce uh, female founder. Thank, yeah, it's amazing. Founder. You were, yeah. it's amazing. You are changing lives there in Nigeria. It's amazing, can, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Back to School initiative and specifically, um, you know, how you work to get the kids back? And I know that you're providing like the, the educational learning materials and books and even sanitary pads for young women if they can't afford those on their own. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about that initiative and the impact that you're having? Yeah, well, I, I actually established the Back to School initiative alongside Young Pearl organization. While I use Young Pearl to advocate for the rights of girls' education and women economic empowerment, I actually built that Back to School as an educational intervention to actually walk the talk. Now, what I mean by walk the talk, I don't just come out to advocate that girls should go to school. No, I actually go further to provide these girls with these materials because I don't want anybody to come out with an excuse to say, okay, fine, I've heard you. Okay, I've heard that girls should go to school, but I don't have the money to send my girls to school. No, we'll help you send them to school. So the Back to School Initiative is actually an educational intervention that is addressing the gender gap by providing these girls with free enrollment in school, with educational learning kits, materials, whatever they need to learn in the classroom, books, virus, anything you can think of, uniforms, socks, anything, so that they can learn effectively. Because actually, when I was going to school, I, my, I, came, I come from a very like poor background. My parents didn't really have enough to send me to school. So I wore old uniforms. I never had very good educational materials to learn and it affected me a lot i was sent home from school i missed tests i missed exams i missed classes so these are challenges i guess face they don't have this families rather give their boys everything they need to learn effectively in class but the girls are left behind without these materials they are left to manage and patch up if at all they are sent to school in the first place so what i did was to sit down and design this back to school in a way that Everything that a girl needs to learn from educational learning kits in the classroom to scholarships where they need to enroll, maybe they need to pay for levies and then to sanitary pads because we learned that we found out that girls, when they're on their periods, they stay back at home, they don't go to school. Like personally, when I saw my first period, I didn't have sanitary pad, I had to use a piece of cloth, you know, thanks to my mom. So these things actually hinder these girls, they don't go to school. So we didn't want to bring up this initiative. To help these girls and we, through the back to school initiative we have been able to empower a lot of girls with these materials these sanitary parts scholarships and all educational materials so that they'll be in class and learn effectively so that's the back to school that's all about the back to school initiative and we also we also included the health initiative alongside the back to school so we teach them how to take care of themselves during their measure period and then it's just a perfect program for them. Amazing. Yeah, that's an incredible initiative. Um, and I know that you have worked with UNICEF. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, from 2015 to 2019, I worked as an enrollment drive campaign officer for UNICEF. Actually, what led to that was when I started working, um, advocating in my community, because I started my work for my own community in 2012, I wasn't really satisfied with what I was getting because I was the only one actually doing the advocacy, actually trying to see how my community can, you know, change these norms and encourage girls' education and women empowerment. So I 
I, I like I love to write, so I picked up my pen and I wrote a letter to um, UNICEF um, chief. I need help. My community is crashing. They also have been, you know, abused and all. I just need the international community to come and help. And fortunately, he read my letter and he was inspired and he sent the feedback to the office. So when they got in touch with me and they saw my work and they were really amazed. What really caught their attention was the back to school initiative and they were really amazed. So from 2015 to 2019, I worked as an enrollment drive campaign for girls' education, where they are faced with the most barbaric laws. Like, I go to communities to campaign for girls' education and women empowerment, and I see laws that I've never heard before, like when men speak and women speak, women try to speak, it's like an abomination. So advocating in such areas, in such clowns, in such hard-to-reach regions, and letting them know that, no, women are part of our society, so we should include them. I saw in a lot of communities where they had to cancel laws that were educating girls, education, and women's growth. They saw, uh, they saw what we were trying to say. They saw the importance of girls' education. So Abigail, you are such a persistent leader, and I think there's a really important les lesson in here for our young women listening that you can never be afraid to reach out for help. And I love that story, how you literally just sat down and wrote UNICEF a letter, you know, asking for help, um, because it's important. We can't do it alone. And, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. There's so much to do, but just sit down and start. You're, that's what you've demonstrated and that's yeah. what you're doing and making big change in Nigeria. Um, and I know through UNICEF, then you became a delegate to the World Youth Forum. So, I mean, these opportunities, you know, that are coming, that are being sparked because you're just out there and raising your hand, um, it's, it's just incredible. Well, thank you so much, Abigail. I think we're going to have to end it there. We could talk to you for so long. And I just need to say it's an honor to, to, to meet you and to hear about the change that you're bringing about in Nigeria. Well, what an incredible opportunity to hear Abigail's story and the Seriously. change that she's bringing about in Nigeria and the Young Pearl organization and her fight. Um, to make sure that all girls have access to education. I just, I'm, I'm inspired. And I'm in awe. You're yeah. <laughs> and I know that it's a really dark world right now. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on between the pandemic uncertainty and the racial strife yep. and the political tensions. But I think what Abigail inspires me to remember is that sometimes it's just put up your hand and ask for help yeah. or just do one little thing um, to make positive change and suddenly um, you can feel a lot more inspired and hopeful in the world. And to speak up for those who can't necessarily take advantage of their platform or don't know how to speak up for themselves or can't speak up for themselves. Right. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I just want to thank everyone for joining us today for Confident. And hey, can we ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And in closing, I'm Sherry. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. And this week's challenge is to find your purpose. Sit down and just reflect, take a moment and, and write down something that you're passionate about and turn your passion and your pur purpose into action. Yes, sir.